0: From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb. And I'm Hillary Emmer. We can't wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. This week is going to be a short little episode with yours truly, Nate Webb, about a three little words that all of us school counselors hate. And those words are Child Protective Services, otherwise known as CPS or Domestic Child Family Services, DCFS. Um, DCFS and CPS seem like the bane of our existence sometimes as school counselors um because whenever we have to call CPS it is not fun because the child is in danger whether neglect or abuse may be happening at home um so today i want to talk about a few things i want to talk about the purpose and role of CPS uh, when to get CPS involved um what happens afterwards like once you call CPS what happens after you call CPS like all that what what goes on there and then go over some scenarios and some frequently asked questions when it comes to, to CPS, um, Child child Protective Services. So um, first off, CPS, it is the first step to ensure the safety and permanency of children who are reported as being abused or neglected. The focus of CPS is on protecting the child from harm or risk and to make sure it is safe for the child to live with the parent or child. Caretaker. It is not CPS's job, and it is not their intent to separate families. That is not what they want to do. CPS wants to keep families together. They also want to keep kids safe. And so, Child, child Protective Services is the first step to ensure that safety and permanency of children who are reported as being abused or neglected to help make sure that they are safe. That is their number one priority. Now, as school counselors, we are obligatory reporters, meaning that if we suspect abuse or neglect ever, ever, it is our responsibility to call and to call Child Protective Services, period, at the end. No questions. Um, on CPS's website, you can just type in uh, DCFS uh, Utah and it'll give you their hotline number. Excuse me. Oh, got to yawn. It'll give you their hotline number um, for you to do an intake call. Um, and when you call, they're going to take all of your information, right? They're going to take your um, ask for the information of the student, ask for their age, for their birthday. They're going to ask for uh, the parents of the home, if you know them, if there are any other children of the home, if you know them. Um, and then they'll ask you for why you were calling. What would you like to report? What concerns do you have? so you can tell them um as a school counselor um a lot of us sometimes hesitate when it comes to calling cps because we don't want to make the situation worse for the kid that it is already um and and that can be tricky because we want to have with family involvement um but in the event that it's going to make their life harder still call cps but i don't think you should call the family, you should you should let the family know that. Um, a lot of people hesitate. They're like, should I tell the parents what the kid said? Um, my opinion, no. Just because it may risk making things worse for the kid, um, it is your job to report, and especially use your gut instincts. If you feel like it's gonna, it is gonna, it is it is putting the kid at more danger for the parents to know that the kid said these things about the parent, don't tell the parents. Because he, here's what happens when you make a CPS report. When you call CPS, you make a report, they open an investigation, and they are assigned a case manager. So someone is going to go and do a wellness check and speak with the child to see what's going on. Um, sometimes this happens at the school if the kid does not feel safe at school at home sometimes a cps worker will come by um at the school and talk to uh, the student at the school sometimes a cps worker will come by and stop at the home and talk to the family at the home um say let them know there was some concern so they would just like to check in and speak with the children um like that um now what if they what what if what if uh, they say CPS is already involved? Let's say a kid reports stuff to you and like abuse and stuff is happening at the home, stuff like that and they say well, well CPS is already involved. like CPS has been on our house a lot. They said they're coming back next week. So I mean CPS can't really do much more. It'd be really tempting, you know, especially as counselors to just drop it there because, well, I guess, I mean, if if CPS is involved right now, there's not much more we can do. We can, you know, we can work on resiliency skills here at the school. We can work on some coping mechanisms. But other than that, there's not much we can do. Faults. <laughs> Still call CPS still call cps and say hey so there's this kid that told me about some abuse that might be happening at the home they told me that they already have a case with dcfs and with cps but i was just calling to make sure to relay that information and they'll go through the whole intake process with you They'll ask for your information for the child's information for the parents all the and if there's any siblings in the house all that good stuff um and then they'll see so it looks like this family already has a case on file or they'll say like oh nope it looks like this family does not have a case on file Um, and sometimes that might happen. Never fail to call CPS because you assume they've already been called. Uh, Assumptions is always what bites us in the butt. Never assume. Treat it as if you are the first one to hear, uh, as if you're the first one that the student has told. Anytime a student tells you something, and even if they say, oh, well, no, 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 lots of people know it. I have a case manager, CPS, blah, blah, blah. Treat it as if you're the first person that's heard about it and just double check cuz oftentimes you are the only one who who the person had who who the student has told um now how do you call cps and get the law involved without betraying the trust of the students that's a question that comes up pretty often because kids tell us stuff in confidence all the time right Kids talk to us about that they, uh, I mean, we have kids come out to us, you know, we're the first people that, that some students let know that they're gay and we have a, we have the privilege and responsibility to not out them to their family, to let them tell their family when they are ready. Um, now ethics say that, and the law sometimes says that we need to out them, but the actuality of it is that most of us are not going to out them to their family. Um, the same kind of thing with this, if if they trust you with this information, right, CPS, um, with the, if they trust you with this information that they are being abused at home or that something's happening in the home, the way we talk about it matters, similar to if they disclose to us that they are having suicide ideation. We're not going to turn a blind eye. We're not going to stop and we're going to keep eyes on them until we know that they're safe. We're going to be involved. And so how we talk about it, the way we talk about it matters. We talk about it in terms of support, okay? We talk about it in terms of, you know, thank you so much for telling me what you told me. I'm so sorry this is happening to you at the home. You need a big support system. You need all the support you can get. And so because of that, I am going to need to call a Child Protective Services because I know that you're getting abused at home or I might suspect you're getting abused at home. And so someone's going to do do a home check, do a wellness check to make sure that you guys are okay at home. Uh, because as always, the the safety of the kids is priority number one. So the way we talk about it matters. You're not necessarily going to break their trust if you let them know that you are helping them get more supports. Um breaking a trust is when you're like i know you told me not to do something but i did it anyway just because um you can be very upfront with kids even before they go into your office like hey they usually start with like hey are, are you gonna have to tell my mom and dad about this and you know for certain things it's like yes for certain things not right now this one this it can stay between us sometimes um and sometimes it's, hey, I, 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 something stuff's going on at home, but I just don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I don't know what to do. Um, that's when you're like, hey, we're going to get you as much support as we possibly can. It's not our intent to get anyone in trouble. It's our intent to help keep you safe. I can't promise anything, but I can promise that I will listen and I'll try and get you the supports that you need. The way we talk about it matters. Um, and then... What happens after the call, right? What happens after the call? I I talked about a little bit. Um, You're assigned a caseworker. There's a home visit. There's some investigations go on. And then if needs be, they contact the police. And the case manager kind of takes the reins on that. Excuse me. Another yawn. Uh, So... <laughs> for 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 some um context i'm in las vegas right now at a girls wrestling tournament um and i'm in my hotel room in between rounds for the days and so um, I'm a little tired, so there's the yawns. <laughs> it's not, not because this content is boring. This is stuff that we I definitely need to talk about because I feel like Child Protective Services is the scary thing that we're like, oh, oh my gosh, I have to call Child Protective Services. I mean, last year, there was a time I called Child Protective Services like three times a day for like a week straight. The case manager in our area knows me on a first-name basis. <laughs> it's not something I'm super proud of, but, but I am super proud that I know... In one is I need to call child protective services, and 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 that I am not afraid to do that. So anyway, and then there, and then of course, there's an investigation to make sure that they're okay. Um, now, child protective services is a tool; it is a tool to help keep kids safe. Um, like I said before, you should definitely call if you suspect neglect or abuse in the home. Ever, period, dot, the end. Um, I'm going to have the number for Child Protective Services in the description of this podcast. Um, but the supports for the kid don't stop after you call Child Protective Services. The follow-ups, the check-ins, all those systemic things that you have in place, those things need to continue even after You've called CPS and you need to follow up with the student and with CPS to see, okay, what happened? What ended up being the truth? Um, What ended up being the outcome of this investigation so we can help keep kids safe? Um, I had a student a couple years ago who did not identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth and mom and dad did not like that. And then um, dad died and that threw a big wrench. Uh, this particular student struggled with mental health already, self harm, suicide ideation. Um, and this student reached out to a teacher one night, said that she was feeling in a really dark place. She was feeling suicidal. She couldn't sleep because there's there's bugs all over her. And she sent a video to this teacher, and it was not 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 livable conditions. It was absolutely horrid. And we're like, oh my gosh, we need to do a home visit. And so, uh, the next day, uh, we get an email from mom saying, "Hey, I know that my daughter has been has been struggling as of late. She she threatens a lot about self harm and suicide ideation. I don't think she's serious. I think she's just looking for attention. So I think we should just ignore this behavior until she does something positive, and then give her a lot of attention then and there's just so many red flags with neglect, with living in this horrible, horrible, you know, environment. Um, I know that no parent is perfect, and I know that not every home is squeaky clean, but you guys should have seen this place. It was it was like an episode of Hoarders, and there's bugs crawling all over the mattresses, and it just was not livable conditions. It was so, so sad. And so that's where like, okay, we need to get DCFS involved. So we called CPS to get an investigation over there. And what's nice, CPS can help hook up the residents with resources. Um, For example, this particular family. So CPS isn't going to take the kid away from the family. They they, they need mental health help. And so they hooked this family up with some free mental health resources. They hooked this family up with some family therapy um, to help them so that this child could have – a safe and stable living environment so that they could have an enjoyable learning environment when they go to the school. Um, so that's just one example of kind of what happens uh, with when you, when you call CPS. Um, rarely, if ever, are kids taken away from the home. That is the last, last, last resort. They We always, always, always want to give supports to the home so that kids can stay in the home so so there you go that's that's cps in a nutshell um in a little 15 minute podcast um you're probably pulling up to your school right now if not hope you have a wonderful rest of your drive thank you listening for to thank you for listening to today's episode to this week's episode of the sounding more and for the utah school counselors association hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselor Association. USCA members also receive bi-monthly newsletters to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at utschoolcounselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselor Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.